0: You're listening to Once, Episode 113, Quite a Common Fairy. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I do believe in fairies.
0: And that's Jenny.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to believe in Tinkerbell now. She's strange. Mm -hmm. Strange.
0: Possible, but it might take belief to bring her back again and give her wings but we'll talk more about that as this goes you can follow along with our show notes if you'd like over at oncepodcast.com slash 113 and subscribe if you aren't already and I'll give you an update about podcast awards later on toward the end of this podcast but let's get into this with some feedback about the title of this episode quite a common fairy sounds like it comes from something and it actually does.
1: Yay! I like things that come from things.
0: <laughs> this came, this message came in from Jacqueline. She
1: said... See? That message came from Jacqueline. I like that.
0: The title, Quite a Common Fairy, is a direct line from the novel Peter Pan and Wendy, in which Peter tells Wendy she's quite a common fairy, actually. Her name is Tinkerbell because she mends pots and things.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, Tinkerbell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She tinkers! Uh, I kind of wondered why the whole tinker bell part. But in <laughs> Once Upon a Time, tinker bell is two different words.
1: She likes to tinker with people's lives and destinies.
0: And somehow tie them together with bell, whom we haven't seen in Storybrooke and haven't seen for real. Hashtag for save while.
1: Storybrooke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there eventually but i do think that rose mciver not mcgyver like the cool guy from the 80s but rose mciver was a great fairy in this she acted it really well she played the part so well fit the part very well mm-hmm. and she's not australian she's what i've heard is she's kiwi kiwian <laughs> Ki- i'm not funny. sure how you'd say it that way but uh, she is Kiwi. It's a, it's a <laughs> Where different does she kind come of from? region, somewhere else. I think, but it's it's kind of similar sounding accent, but not quite the same. Mm. But I think she nailed the part, and she fits it really well. She looks like She's Tinkerbell from New Zealand. In the title card for this, the little way that Tinkerbell comes up and enchants the word once, and that brightens up and everything. The first time we saw it, I thought it was actually. The Disney animated oh, Tinkerbell yeah. it could still be but this one was definitely computer generated not the um, two-dimensional cartoon generated mm-hmm. but the motion is pretty much the same as the Disney version where you know you've seen the Walt Disney World castle I'm pretty
2: sure that was on purpose
0: <laughs> and then Tinkerbell <laughs> comes in yeah <laughs> and... <laughs>
1: uh, can you make that the new opening <laughs> for our podcast <laughs> just like that
0: as long as Rose McIver calls in and says, Hi, this is Rose, and you're listening to One's Podcast.
1: Sadly, I'm not sure something. that that's incentive for her to do that. We might have to come well, up with something a little bit better.
0: Maybe. But let's start our discussion in past Enchanted Forest. There are... Well, I can appreciate that these episodes so far have... us going back to <laughs> the past, the past. Have essentially focused on very few locations somewhat i the the flashbacks and everything seems more seem more knit together in season 3 than they did in the first season like the i mean the second season sorry in the second season it seemed like things were all over the place completely unrelated
1: well not completely but what was relating the parts of the story were the characters themselves and just contrasting who they were then with who they are now now it's more just we know who they are and who they were so it's just showing at least most of them so it's just showing their past yeah in some some smaller aspect of their past or in tinkerbell's case and her whole past
0: with as many locations and storylines as they're showing us in this episode i think they did pretty well with it because mm-hmm. they show us pan and henry they show us everybody else except Rumpelstiltskin. They didn't show us him, which I'm kind of glad because then that would be a little bit too much to try and fit into this episode. Yeah, They gave us Neil in present-day Fairytale Land and they gave us Tink and uh, Regina in past Enchanted Forest. So I think it worked out well, the way that they were telling the story. It was pretty good. Jane Espenson, the writer for this episode. But the events that happen in past enchanted forest i think take place probably after the events of the doctor because you look at regina and she's depressed as if she's given up and she's talking about how basically she can't have love and she just doesn't see the purpose of going on with all of these things and that seems like the woman who just had her hopes dashed yeah so that's what makes me think shortly after the doctor
1: Yeah, I was pretty impressed once again with Lana Perea in this episode because she managed to make us feel... I mean, together with everyone that puts the show together, but she's kind of the main one that has to make it work. She made me feel like it was yet another stage of her life. She made me feel like she was another age from what we've ever seen her before.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, struggling in a marriage that just feels dead to her because the king keeps holding on to his memory of a dead wife. Even subtle things about the way that she talked about things. Yeah. Right near the end, the last thing she said to Tinkerbell, like don't let the doors catch your wings on the way out, <laughs> it seemed like she was transitioning. Mm-hmm. She made that transition again from nice out. young Regina to evil queen Regina.
1: Yeah. yeah. She was just sort of uh, troubled. <laughs> troubled wife too <laughs> i'm gonna try out that biting evil comment thing again <laughs>
0: but it starts with her feast and skin.
1: <laughs> roast swan <laughs> that's amusing you get that later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which reminds me of you guys know the episode the miller's daughter yeah when oh
2: yeah uh, a bride must be snow white <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would, it does sort of beg the question, I, how can he see clearly enough for that to be funny? Because I thought he only got glimpses, but still.
0: Well, yeah, the, he knew of Snow White's name in the episode, The Miller's Daughter, and here he's talking about Swan. And we did re- receive a good question on this from Chris, who basically asked, is this a continuity problem? Because Rumpel was so desperate to know Emma's name back in the pilot the very first episode of once upon a time he was so desperate tell me her name you owe me her name all of that but that was the name emma maybe he foresaw the name swan but he didn't know the first name
2: maybe he s- foresaw emma swan but she he didn't know whose child it would be
1: right
0: yeah that's that, also possible yeah or like because he calls emma miss swan almost for the entire first and second season, I believe. Maybe that's what he saw in his visions is saying Miss Swan, Miss Swan, Miss Swan. So he knew it would be someone with the name Swan, but not Emma. So I think it's not necessarily a continuity problem, but yeah, it's a good question to raise about it. And also Nikki had also noticed the difference, the similarity between the Rose Swan and the Snow White thing. But she also said... I thought that was a cute tie-in from last season. Also, Pan tells Henry to do something he is scared to do, saying, it is exhilarating. Like the description of using magic that Rumpel gives Regina when he wanted her to push Cora into the mirror. That was in the episode We Are Both. He said it was exhilarating? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he said something like that. Exhilarating, isn't it? Or, uh, But basically communicating that same feeling, for sure. If he didn't use those exact words, which I wasn't able to find that clip in time. But
2: Speaking of things that Rommel Stiltskin says, I was pretty uncomfortable with the idea that Mm -hmm. magic is like a beast that devours people (laughs) and tastes you (laughs) and likes how you taste. (laughs) Creepy.
1: You think you are the diner at the feast, tasting the offerings, a little love, a little dance. What you don't realize is you... Ah, the feast. And the darkness has tasted you. (laughs) You vile. Leave my home. The darkness likes how you taste, dearie. It doesn't mind the bitter. And now that it's started the meal, it's going to finish it. You can no more fly from your fate than can that swamp.
3: (laughs) See you tomorrow. Don't be late. And bring that simmering rage.
1: It's all you have. See, he's manipulating her Mm -hmm. into fulfilling the future that he sees that he wants to happen. Oh, yeah. I don't believe much or any of that. It's not... It wasn't too late for her. He just wanted her to believe it was.
2: Maybe he foresaw that Tink would push her in the direction he wanted better than he could
0: possible. So
2: he didn't do a whole lot of pushing.
0: He is so much of a manipulator that I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought of that, but I do wonder if this is something that Regina is still struggling with as she remembers this. It's like when people are tormented by when someone says once a thief, always a thief or something like that, that they, they feel like they are stuck in this rut of, I can't be anything other than this. This is how I was born. This is whatever. This is who I am. And mm-hmm. I think Regina in some way has a um, a propensity to this, but it doesn't
1: mean that she can't choose to overcome it. Right. Which is a much better presentation than, Greg said something funny to me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Same question. Way more developed concept.
0: But she did say she doesn't want a future that looks like Rumplestiltskin. Who would? Well, who would? What do you think she meant
1: by that? <laughs> she just really wants good skin. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to look like him she, and the teeth. He's you know she awful. has nice teeth. She just wants to keep those. She
2: doesn't want to become a, a conniving little imp. <laughs>
1: All the power and none of the scales. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure it's more than skin deep.
0: <laughs> wow. All of the references we, you guys just threw out. <laughs> but when Regina was at that windowsill and... Taking out her years of rage on it <laughs> on for the, some reason. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of? What? <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Which is so old of a movie. 1946, that it's not even available online, like to stream in in all the places that I could check where I could get a sound clip. But the reason why (laughs) it's not even available illegally, to the reason (laughs) why it reminds me of this is in It's a Wonderful Life. George Bailey is about to commit suicide. Sorry if this is a spoiler, (laughs) but George Bailey is about to commit suicide off this bridge. And then Clarence, this angel jumps in. Oh yeah. And so then George jumps in to save Clarence. (laughs) And so then when they're in the watchtower room or whatever, afterward, (laughs) then Clarence is saying something like, I saved you. And George Bailey's like, what? No, I saved you. And they had this conversation about who jumped or, and, who was being saved and who was doing the saving? I was reminded of that from this when Regina fell and the fairy rescued her, and the Regina was like, or "The fairy was like, you, you jumped. Or,
1: Why'd you jump?'" And really, they just don't build palaces like they used to.
2: <laughs> yeah, and later Regina says to Emma that Tinkerbell was no angel. Do you remember that part? <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. <laughs> Which that's now that you say it like that and tie those together, it reminds me of, there's a scriptural reference that refers to angels keeping your foot uh, lest you dash against a stone, they'll catch you if you fall. And then that was part of what Satan used as temptations on Jesus is cast yourself off this temple and see if the angels will catch you. The interesting tie in there, I don't know that that was intentional, although in many ways, fairies are kind of equated with angels Hmm. in some people's minds. Hmm. So maybe that was a little intentional, maybe not. Maybe it's just a common thinking about
1: over uh, About people falling from things and getting caught by (laughs) other flying things.
0: (laughs) But I did find it interesting that Tink called herself
1: a fairy, not a pixie. Right. So what's the pixie dust? Like, I know what it is, but why... Why is Tinkerbell a fairy and not a pixie? And why do the fairies have pixie dust? Why do they get to be fairies and pixies? Well, fair, are there pixies? <laughs> that fairy aren't dust.
0: Fairy dust is made from diamonds that the dwarfs mine. We learned that from the episode Dreamy. Yes, that episode did have storyline value. <laughs> pixie
1: dust must be made from mined fairies. Well, well, it, I mean, well,
0: not really. It's it seems to be treated as something much more valuable. Not only. Maybe because it is, but because it's also <laughs> much more powerful. Yes. Nuclear. Ah. As, <laughs>
1: as, <laughs> as, this as totally whole one said. time in the entire series when they will try to say the word nuclear yeah. and nobody even coaches him on how to say it. I'm just dismayed. This,
2: this, this whole thing about fairy dust and pixie dust <laughs> just bothers me because fairies are supposed to make their fairy dust you know, of themselves. It's like essence of fairy. As I move my hands around, weirdly. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, you're supposed to be able to pick up Tinkerbell when she hasn't gotten big for no reason and shake her like a salt shaker onto a dog's behind. And there you
2: have fairy dust. It's not supposed to be crushed up diamonds. Fairy shouldn't have to go to the store and pick up fairy dust. (laughs) It's just not right. It's not right.
1: Well, I don't think they go to the store. I think they sneak into the storehouse and steal it or they are granted it by the blue fairy it just bothers me
0: pixie dust could be some kind of combination of multiple rare things like maybe there's some fairy dust and it's boiled down and...
2: maybe it's pixie dust blessed with fairy power
0: oh my maybe why can't they
2: just call it diamond dust why not
0: because that's what fairies. it's made of Well, so fairy dust powers the magic (laughs) in the world. That's what we learned in the episode Dreamy.
1: Yeah, well,
0: just a
2: bunch of diamond shavings.
0: (laughs) Pixie dust seems like it's for very, very special circumstances. Special
1: occasions. It seems to have to do more with true love.
0: Well, and later on in Neverland, they refer to what the... Power of pixie dust, and it seemed like Hook was even familiar with what pixie dust could possibly do.
2: Yeah, because they wanted to heal Charming's mm-hmm. cut with it.
0: But Tink did oh, yeah. say, if you think about it, no one really owns pixie dust. Makes me think the dwarves that,
2: own it; they mine it.
0: What? Well, that's fairy, fairy dust. dust. Oh, we don't know where pixie dust comes from.
2: That's true.
0: So the the dwarves work for the pic, for the fairies. So. <laughs> Really, that does mean that the fairies own
1: the fairy dust, but I think p- maybe pixie dust is making... more like
0: a wild harvested thing. No,
1: She was just being philosophical to try to justify her yeah. actions. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I, I could very, very easily be reading too much into it.
2: You know, I really do think that pixie dust is just refined fairy dust. I don't think it's gotten from anything else. I think that's what it is just refined and made better made stronger maybe maybe Rulgorum has to do something to it
1: maybe we'll find out more about it
0: when Regina and Tink were in that little village I think that was a somewhat further nail in Regina's coffin to her pride that no one recognized her this Mm -hmm. is the queen and no one knows that the queen is right I didn't there. Think
2: about that. She did open yeah. that door and stand there for a few seconds. You are right. Well, somebody should have recognized no, I'm, I'm her. I am talking
0: about when she and Tink sat down outside in the little outside of the tavern looking area in the village. They were talking. This was early on in the oh, episode. Oh, that yeah. And mm-hmm. like, she she whispers when she refers to she's the queen, and it seems like no one there even recognizes that. That's
3: mm.
0: that's showing really that she's also not getting the power that she in some way wants Mm -hmm. inside and has been inspired to reach for. And here she's sitting with people that
1: don't even realize she's the king. The queen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't have her fame yet.
1: Yeah, I can't tell how much she really cares at that moment. Mm. I think right there she more leans toward wanting to be happy, but (laughs) she seems to have forgotten. And that's really what that conversation was about, is that she's sort of forgotten even what might make her happy
0: she seems so focused on snow and how terrible snow was
1: snow white that's her name even i think that's a bit precious and mine's tinkerbell she's a monster totally indulged and adored she sort of ricochets through life telling people secrets i love that <laughs> she had my fiance killed no
2: do you think Snow is young at this point?
0: Like, yeah, she is still young.
2: Oh, yeah, because Leopold is still alive.
1: Probably, what? Like just maybe ricochets. a teenager? A young teenager? Yeah. She. This
0: is, of course, after Regina saved Snow. And I would say that Snow, yeah, is still a young girl well, at
2: this point. Well, how old point.
1: was Snow when... And she was
2: When Leopold died?
0: Yeah,
1: because that's the first time we saw her with Regina. She looked in the past.
2: To be either a new teenager or a preteen, around Uh, that age. When
0: when Leopold died, which was much later. That's when she went on the run, was the day after Leopold died. No, she was
2: there at his funeral, remember?
0: Yeah, as Jennifer Goodwin. So she was was I think you're thinking of her mother's funeral. Oh,
2: I am. You're right.
0: Yeah, and the mother's funeral took place before Regina came into the okay. picture, of course.
2: my mistake.
0: It was yeah, so long
1: great. Yeah, It was it, it, the first it, time we saw the spaceship castle, and the first time we thought it was a glimpse of Regina being good, and she really wasn't. Right,
0: right. So long ago, first season.
3: Wow.
1: Well,
0: but she's so bent on this revenge.
1: Well, is she?
0: She doesn't like sound
1: it. like she's bent on revenge. She sounds like she sits around doing nothing, like she said, and she's she started to caricaturize snow like she ricochets through life yeah. telling people secrets like do you really know of anyone else's secret that she's told ever you're just, just sort of
2: brooding <laughs> on her own bitterness
0: but she said her regina's happy ending would be reg, would be snow's head on a platter. Yeah. Yeah. but That's she said Ruben. it
1: like yeah that'll be the day take a drink <laughs> <laughs> not like i will Destroy your happiness. Happen. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: true. That that comes later as all of the other events start to happen. And with
1: Rumble Stiltskin's effect on her, I mm-hmm. really think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't even show up for her lesson. No. She's not necessarily bent on learning magic. She's just like...
3: Yeah.
1: She's, she's in limbo. She she's doesn't know what to do. She's
2: unstable
1: yeah.
2: in her efforts, in her wants.
1: In her brain. <laughs> so after
0: Tink says... Um, she's going to help and she said that she can help her find things it makes me wonder if that's tink's specialty is finding people or finding stuff
3: mm-hmm.
0: it, it's possible but it, it might just be she's saying i'm a fairy i can find things but we get to see the fairy's headquarters or training grounds which I is just an it, explosion of color
2: you want to know what i called it <laughs> what the portal hub
0: Portal
1: Hub.
2: The fairy portal hub.
1: That would make more sense because what I thought you know, the flower petal rolls down and there's blue. And I was just sort of like
2: How long's you been there? Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> been planning that entrance for a while to get bored in there. <laughs> Did you just stand around in flowers all day waiting for people to come see stand you? Stand
2: around in flowers.
0: <laughs> well, I think that might have been Tinks office or whatever you want to call those little flowers because it was green
1: so it was the fairy equivalent of spinning the armchair around to face the desk exactly (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: wow and
0: blue said that she'd broken all the rules and the only rules we know of so far Mm -hmm. that i could think of for fairies are well what we learned from here is that they fairies have a curfew they have a dust discipline they aren't allowed to get big without a good reason.
2: I love that. You got big for no reason. <laughs>
0: but we also know from the episode Dreamy that fairies aren't supposed to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't supposed to interact much with the people.
2: Boy, it's a hard life being a fairy.
0: Yeah. and, and But you've got
1: flowers.
2: Yeah.
0: And fairy dust. And babies' laughter. <laughs> and pixie assume. dust sometimes. <laughs> but this fairy tinkerbell does seem like she's new at all of this because blue referred to her training
3: mm-hmm.
0: so i think we were talking about this some um, in the initial reactions of how new at this is tinkerbell really and tinkerbell is holding on to this name tinkerbell instead of, she didn't like being called green and we received a clever email from tobias saying The most interesting part was when Blue was talking with Green in the fairy tale world. Tinkerbell doesn't like it when Blue called her Green. So Blue or Green (laughs) might be some sort of fairy nickname or title. Just wait till
1: Red shows up.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's some kind of rule and she called Tinkerbell Green because she wanted to be called Blue and not by her real name. So we're talking about the Blue Fairy. Well, she was also called Rool Gorm, but that is just Scots Gaelic for Blue Star, which can be just another nickname for her. So now I wonder if she has a real name we don't know yet. Maybe she has a name no one knows besides her. So my guess would be that she is Titania, the Queen of the Fairies, from William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. We have already seen in The Heart is a Lonely Hunter... That there is a picture of Titania and Oberon in Henry's book. So I think it's possible.
2: Interesting.
0: From Tobias. And he gives us a link for some screenshots, too, that we'll have in the show notes for this episode at onespodcast.com slash 113.
2: I have a thought to mm-hmm. tag onto that. She didn't call Nova pink. Yeah. So I think they graduate from their color name.
1: Or graduate to it. That could be, too.
2: It seemed to me like Nova was possibly Heart- a little further on than really? Tink.
1: It, she was hardly
0: a fairy at all. It was life. back in the episode <laughs> Dreamy, which we are referring to this episode to well, Dreamy so much that's, in
2: this. That's a big fairy episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but in, in Dreamy, Nova gets to go out on her own mm-hmm. for the first time.
2: Yeah. And um, in this episode, Tink's still... She still has curfews and she has training and she has, you can't get big and Nova could get big. And Nova never got fussed at for getting big.
0: And Nova was hoping for Fairy Godmother, which must have meant she thought she was somehow close to it. And Mm -hmm. Tinkerbell is still in her basic training yeah, or some kind of training level. So
2: I think color names are something to be graduated from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think
2: Tink just wanted to be further along than she was.
0: But the fairies all know about Cora Regina, and the Dark One, and they're, they're worried or afraid, in some sense, and think that these people don't deserve any kind of redemption or any kind of help. But, well, help will always be given at Hogwarts <laughs> to those who i don't
2: know i thought we were talking about once upon a time
0: (laughs) wow so the pixie dust it's
2: pretty powerful stuff when
0: it revealed robin inside that tavern
2: he glowed green i wonder if any no nobody like nobody pixie. saw it probably. probably saw it
0: nobody was acting like they saw
1: it no
2: yeah. they, they would have been like dude you're green
1: did you notice the hints of wedding march in yes. the soundtrack
3: <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> yeah that was in their great job by That's mark Aishin, mixing that in I it was a pretty
1: strong no statement <laughs>
2: <laughs> no wonder she was scared <laughs>
0: in in our forums some of the members were chatting about does this break the rules of magic because one of the rules of magic is supposedly that you can't make someone fall in love with you like that's what the genie said that his rules their magic has limitations and i don't actually
2: i don't actually think that um what tinkerbell did was Make it so that they'd fall in love, you know, with each other. I think she just showed her, hey, this is your compatible person. This is another person you'd be compatible with. Here. (laughs) like, Just showing him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was, you know, here, he's going to fall in love with you if you meet him.
1: Right. She didn't make anybody fall in love. Right.
2: It was just showing Regina the way.
0: And while it could be true that Robin Hood is Regina's soulmate... Does that mean at this time? Nope. (laughs) Nope. In in our forums, many of the members are a little bothered by this because it's basically Tinkerbell suggesting that Regina leave her marriage. I know. Leave her husband.
2: I was disappointed in Tink. I'm not going to lie. She's like, hey, come on, let's go have you commit adultery. Yay! <laughs> and, and this
0: has certainly been a difficult situation that they've put us as the viewers in before, like with David and Catherine, yeah. a right. fake marriage. We
2: were disappointed back and, then too.
0: Yeah. So some some odd struggles, but in this case, I think a, a possible solution to this that we may see is that while they may be soulmates, it's a timing thing. The timing was bad because Regina would not have met Robin Hood and even known about him had Tinkerbell not. Pointed them to each other.
2: Well, think about it. She might have met him if her mother hadn't introduced her and made her marry King Leopold. Well, she would have married. I know. She would have married Daniel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And isn't that a funny thing? So, yeah, she would have married Daniel. She would be still married to Daniel. Yeah. Where does what does that make Robin Hood in that case? It's just a silliness. (laughs) people,
2: People can be compatible with a great number of people.
0: Yeah.
1: Tinkerbell.
2: there isn't there isn't just one person out there for everybody
0: tinkerbell used the phrase soulmate but yeah that's kind of a it, fairy tale I know, idea it was, yeah <laughs> many people will say well you know they are the one uh, but then many other people will recognize that well actually there could be several people you could be compatible with yeah. and there is could, no one yeah and and very much one. you you make a soulmate you do. out of a person
2: <laughs> it's true
0: you know, ask your parents. Daniel,
2: out of all the people in the world I could have married, I married you. Aww.
0: And Jenny's making me into her soulmate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she'll stay with you no matter how much pixie dust gets thrown at her.
2: <laughs> it's true. Stay away, pixies.
1: Shoot. I don't know why that accent was necessary, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> but it is interesting that pursuing that relationship in tinkerbell's words would have given regina a fresh start and starting with love although based on a wrong decision in some ways so
2: it would have probably felt like a fresh start for regina wrong as it would have been it it would have it would have been fresh mm start-esque it would have definitely felt like it
1: i'm interested in what it means for the future if and when she finally, now, now that she is not married, yeah. meets Robin Hood. And I, he is not married. And Even though it's at her murderous hands. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, that. That aside, There's that.
2: That aside, I would really like to see Regina meet Robin Hood now. that She's it, probably sorry. <laughs> Hi, I killed my last husband. Want to go on a date?
0: Well, I, I would say... We know they are.
2: I sure hope we are, because that would be cool. <laughs> and now it's okay.
0: A setup sort like of. that. <laughs> I mean, this is almost like S- Sleeping Beauty and Prince Charming or Snow White and Prince... I mean, that's... Sorry. I, I was thinking like fairy tales. It was always the guy was Prince Charming. Oh, I And mean, okay. Once upon a time. So this is like Snow White and Prince Charming. You know? They're made for each other. And... Then this is something now the fans can latch onto and so desperately want to see happen. Now that they've realized they're soulmates, they should be together. How are we going to get them together and all of that?
2: I think they're doing a great job of answering the fans when they say, "Will Regina ever find love again?"
0: Yes, and like yeah, they have. Eventually. Eventually. I sure <laughs> hope so. Well, Yeah, and and I'm starting to
2: like Regina.
0: Will Robin Hood come to Storybrooke or Neverland, or will Regina go back to Enchanted Forest? I think this is a hint that Regina will go back to Enchanted Forest, and maybe the end of either this season or the end of the entire series could be Regina and everyone else gets back to Enchanted Forest, and Regina sees
1: Robin Hood.
2: Oh, yeah. Maybe she'll see him in that same tavern. Yeah. And hailing the bartender, and she'll see the. <laughs> I think
1: they'll actually have a fight. Like she'll be like in his face for something, and threatening him, and then she'll see the tattoo, and she'll just <gasps> like, hmm. actually, I'm gonna go over here now. The kind of story. Uh, I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> I,
0: what I think would make a more beautiful love story would be if she falls in love. If they fall in love anyway, before she sees the tattoo and realizes who he is. That would oh, be that better. Would be it's. Sweet otherwise um, it's
1: like i'm going to destroy uh, oh soulmate <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh you soulmate <laughs> maybe i won't <laughs> that's funny
0: i'm and gonna let you live because blue said i no longer believe in you that's what removed the fairiness from tinkerbell and that's she became of, just AKA a regular wings. person that's
2: probably more potent than a human saying i don't believe in fairies she
1: could have killed her Okay, maybe not. That doesn't seem to be I mean, when a fairy
2: stops believing in a fairy, that's pretty bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we got an email from Avani saying, I think she will get to redeem herself and be a fairy again. In the 2003 movie Peter Pan, Tink dies because of drinking a poison hook left for Peter Pan, and she is revived by everyone saying out loud that they do believe in fairies. I do. (laughs) I do. So perhaps our Tinkerbell will somehow will be somehow heroic and make Regina, who never believed in her, believe and then prove to Blue that she is able and regain her wings.
2: You know, I was thinking something like when Regina actually does meet Robin Hood and that whole thing is fixed, that's when Blue will realize Tink did a good thing. Not with good timing, but what she did worked.
0: Sort of. I have some mm-hmm. predictions about Tinkerbell, but I'll save them for when we get to that more in Neverland discussion. But before we move on to present day Enchanted Forest, I want to thank David Newland for donating to sponsor this episode of Once Podcast. Thank you so much, David. You've been a very faithful, consistent donator, and we really appreciate the support. And if anyone else would like to donate to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. You can sign up for a one-time donation or an automatic monthly donation of just about any amount. It can be big, it can be small, but every amount (laughs) we really appreciate. And it is okay to get big with no reason.
1: (laughs) One dollar is worth one gram of pixie dust.
2: (laughs) Thank you, David Newland. Thank
1: you. Yeah. So let's move on
0: to present-day fairy tale land or present-day enchanted forest which is happening at the same time as everything in neverland Mm. that we know of yeah time works differently in neverland so i'm still kind of keeping that in my mind but that doesn't mean that time doesn't have to be parallel the whole time huh that's confusing time works differently got that but we don't know how differently time works in neverland so it is possible that maybe at certain times, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way that I can say this without using the
1: word time so many times. <laughs> oh no, I just got some horrible predictions.
2: Maybe it's like flat line next to like the heartbeat kind of thing. Like it, this is flatline and this is beating and they're going at the same rate, but this one's flat and this one's Non-same. Yeah,
0: it, it could be something like that, where like there are certain moments when time is parallel between the two worlds, and there are other moments when time is not parallel. Maybe it's moving faster or slower. So, like that. But I think that what they're going to treat this as is that time is parallel right now between these worlds. Hmm. Present-day Enchanted Forest, Storybrooke, which we haven't seen yet in this season, and what we currently see in Neverland going on.
1: So complicated. But in what way is time then different? There's At no different future. times, time is
0: different. Shush,
1: no. <laughs> but here's, here's my prediction, but it got, it probably by the end of this episode got a little skewed. What if they could live there for years?
2: It's wibbly wobbly timey wimey.
1: What if they're there for years and by the time, and this could still be because we didn't see much of Neil in Neverland. I don't want this, but what if they're, they're there for years from their perspective, and like Emma and Hook have a relationship, blah, 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 they've been there for years, oh. and by the time Neil gets to them, it's only been a few days for him, they've been living there for a that long time. That could happen, yeah. They wouldn't have to have aged, they wouldn't have aged.
0: That could happen, and that would be terrible for Neil. All so, the, um
1: as we watch Neil trek through the island, we could be seeing something that is the group's future and we don't know it because Felix wouldn't look any different. Mm -hmm. This could be weird.
2: That could be weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, we theorized about that a little bit when just Tamara and Greg went to Neverland and then everyone else did. I think I threw out the theory of what if they get to Neverland and it is years later and Henry has grown up a little bit, even though everyone else on the Island hasn't and that's how they could explain Henry's age difference which oh. they might jump into that a little bit but yeah that that's a good idea what if neil is there
2: what if peter at a pan is growing time? up uncontrollably
1: <laughs> uncontrollably <laughs> getting well, big for no reason what if he's an ancient giant
2: what if he is i'm sure they'll find some way to explain it away he doesn't even have his crow yet <laughs>
0: Well, when Neil starts looking around for something to make a portal, he mentions, and we talked about this in the initial reactions, beans, magic mirrors, ruby slippers, some kind of ashes. We also know that hats, toilets, <laughs> hats, what? and curses are other ways that you can travel between worlds. I would say those, that's six items.
2: He also mentioned shoes.
0: Yeah, ruby slippers.
1: I- Not just any shoe, dearie. I
0: mean? Which, by the way, the ruby slippers not work. the The no. original story had them as uh, silver, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's true. But really?
0: when the Wizard of Oz movie came out that Disney made, that was just around the time that Technicolor was getting big. That's why uh, there were several movies around no that reason. time, like, uh, <laughs> like
2: let's make them red just because we can,
0: like Wizard of Oz <laughs> and Blue Bird and Hidden or Secret Garden all of these movies where part of the movie would be in black and white and then part would be in color because color was a big thing to them back.
2: Yeah. (laughs) In movies. Shiny new toys. And
0: so in the movie, in the Disney, the wizard of Oz, they made the slippers Ruby because they wanted to show off the technicolor Mm -hmm. that was coming out and being no doubt very expensive.
2: Yeah.
0: Robin Hood's son's name. Oh, well, before I skip to that, we got this great email from uh, Dance and Press of a, some great observations about the stuff that's inside Stiltskin's secret closet there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She says, in Rumpel's magical closet, there are runic symbols, which is more likely casted as three rune method, problem or cause, course of action, outcome. It can also be interpreted as past, present, future. And she mentions some of these. Uh, Onsus is oh, particularly associated with Odin, and when reversed, with Loki, his messenger. <clears> Onsus <throat> is most closely associated with the Norse god Loki, nicknamed the Trickster. Loki is the breath of change and unexpectedness, and Onsus <sighs> represented the holy power and cleansing aspects of change.
2: Was that the breath of change? The, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the change may not be comfortable, but is, it is coming and accepting receptive behavior is called for. Whoa. Oh my gosh, Charmy's dead.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I was, aligned with Odin as the god, sacrificed to himself on the tree. I was is also a harbinger of change.
2: This is bending my mind.
0: It also signifies change in life that cannot be escaped. I was speaks of movement, movement of life's force, which cannot be stopped. IWAS shows us that in the event of an ending situation, we find the start of a new situation. Use your imagination and turn any situation to your advantage. IWAS has been interpreted as having a tie to the past. It can mean that you will hear from someone from your past. Sometimes this rune is an indication that problems from your past that were not dealt with effectively will be returning and that's what we're seeing happening in neverland which is really cool in a rune cast including Iwaz and in jera problems that previously had no answer will soon be solved and then the third and final one here fei is a rune of power and control it represents new beginnings and movable wealth such as money and credit it is a rune that gives us the power we need to obtain wealth as well as the power we need to hold on to it Fehu is also aligned with uh, several other things, Primal Mother Earth, willing to be burned or sacrificed to bring forth new life. It is also considered to be a love rune, but not necessarily romantic love. Fehu reminds you to make time for the important things in life, those people that mean so much to you. I'd add to this. The Egyptian god of Hallmark. (laughs) 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 And... She then ties this together. In relation to Once Upon a Time, I think this can be interpreted as Peter Pan clearly is the obstacle. He likes to play games, right? Maybe Pan is also merely just a pawn, a messenger of someone of greater power, someone much darker than the dark one, maybe? From what I can see, Henry is just a way to get to his or their true motive. But this can be a message for either Rumpel, Emma, or both.
1: Because much like fortunes and fortune cookies, most of that applies to just everybody's life, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> all very interesting, but it is kind of like like horoscopes. Like, I do see that in my life. Yes, it's because it's so general well, it's and so, so we- lifey. Then yes, it's going to, all going to happen. She went into more detail, but we'll have that full
0: email in the show notes at slash 113 that you can check out some of the extra details provided there by Dance Impress. Thank you very That's much. That's
1: very cool though. So, I saw those and I didn't really I thought, "Hmm, wonder if those mean something."
0: I, I tried to research them and some of the things that we saw in there, and I just some of them I just had no clue where <laughs> to go or what to look for. <laughs> and so thank you very much Dance Impress for That's reassuring
2: that you don't know what dark magic objects mean <laughs> that's very reassuring i'm glad
0: so robin hood's son is four years old yeah this now i think if they're being consistent with this disproves one of the things that i've said before Ooh. oh that bell was locked up for three and a half years follow with me on this i'll try following bell was there when Stiltskin spared, not saved, but spared Robin Hood and Maid Marian's life.
3: Mm-hmm. You
0: remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maid Marian was pregnant at that time, and she looked pr- fairly pregnant. Probably she looked
2: fairly pregnant, yes.
0: Seven to nine months. Pregnant.
1: Rather rotten.
0: So if we assume that Roland is born a couple months after that, a couple to few months after that, and he's 4 years now in present day fairy tale land. The curse has been broken for one maybe two years, depends on how much time passed in the second season. No, not so, that much time. Well, we do know Henry aged from 10 to 11 because in season 2 Henry says I'm 11, I can
1: walk myself. My <laughs> Go take yourself for a walk. (laughs) So Uh, My age changed within the last year. I'll put it that way. Well,
0: so one or two years have passed since the curse broke. That means
1: that, subtract that from Roland. Definitely not two. I would be surprised if even an entire year has passed.
0: Okay. Okay. Well,
1: we'll call it one
0: year to be conservative on, on this. So that means that Bell would have been imprisoned for three years. Although four years isn't necessarily exactly four years, it could be four and a half, which might mean Bell was imprisoned for, bingo, three and a half years. Do you? Thank mean, you, Jeremy,
1: for helping me to prove my theory again. Do you <laughs> mean leading up to the curse?
0: Yes, leading up to the curse when uh, Bell was imprisoned in Regina's tower because Regina captured Bell just after the whole freeing the Yaguai and uh, freeing Philip okay. from that. That's when Regina took Belle, which was shortly after Belle left, which was in the episode Skin Deep.
2: That's a long time to be imprisoned. Yeah.
0: And we got that number three and a half years Innocently, from the number of scratches on the wall. By the way. So so I think with Jeremy's help, I'm sticking with the three and a half year okay. estimate there. Good job. Because Roland could be four and a half years. He could be four and three quarter years. He's four. Old enough to be bait. <laughs> But
1: for he. A menacing.
0: It was interesting that he, as cute as he was, had to be the one in order to say, I believe. Yeah, that the whole thing bugged me,
1: quite honestly. Like, what? Okay. Why those words? And why only those words? And. Why in the Enchanted Forest? I mean, if a child says, I believe, and a shadow shows up to take them away, shouldn't every realm be missing lots and lots of children? And shouldn't (laughs) the shadow be just very well known? You would think children would say that for one reason or another. Clearly, he didn't really know precisely what he was saying or why. So, it didn't come from any kind of particular conviction that was what the shadow sensed. It was just the words. Maybe he was coached
2: beforehand.
1: Maybe. It was just
0: weird. Well, he was because they told him beforehand what he was supposed to say.
1: But then, yeah. So, but if it was like a a way of thinking, then they wouldn't have gotten so worried when he was just like, I'm supposed to say blah, blah, blah. Because it wouldn't matter when he said it that way.
2: Well, they didn't want any mishaps.
1: I know. It was just weird. And what is the shadow's
0: job? To look for believers. And by the way, I don't remember Wendy
1: saying it, and I don't remember anybody saying it the times that it showed up at the darling's house.
0: True, but maybe saying, like a child saying, I believe, that could be like suddenly a beacon fires off to the shadow. (laughs) And instead of just going and finding children who believe, it's suddenly, aha, there's one who believes. Go get that one. Because what if... Peter Pan has what? Though what if, in magic? Probably. What if Peter <laughs> Pan has been collecting these children who believe in magic to? This sounds so morbid, but to try to power the island, kind of like a Matrix sort of thing. Mm. And he, none of these children have been enough, and that's why the shadow keeps getting children. Even to present day, Enchanted Forest, the shadow is still getting children. But Henry having the heart of the truest believer might be what Pan needs in order to finally power Neverland or, or whatever he's needing all of these children for.
2: Well, he, he needs belief mm-hmm. to bring magic back. Remember? Yeah. I guess we'll talk about that later, though.
0: Yeah, we will. <laughs> we received an email from uh, Helena pointing out that Roland is something kind of familiar to Roland R o w l a n d, hmm. which is from the uh,
1: wait. What is like Roland?
0: Roland the boy. Yes. R o l a n d may reminded <laughs> Helena of Roland. R o w l a n d or child Roland. <laughs> I thought you said Roland and Helena were similar. Yeah. And some connections. So our desk and chair. <laughs> and the connections then with merlin excalibur well, i knew it. Camelot, i knew uh, it. lancelot i knew
1: interesting it.
2: you know what i tried to find that isn't isn't the knight that had arthur as a squire wasn't his name roland or roland or whatever i because i've seen i've seen the disney um sword in the stone and i couldn't remember what that guy's name which is it's, it sucks for that little boy because he's gonna <laughs> grow up to be a really mean person to king arthur who would be king arthur but while he was being mean to him he wasn't king arthur he was a squire <laughs> so i was just wondering if that's the same roland well roland uh,
0: helena does point out another story of uh, roland um who lost his three brothers and then got merlin's help to find them oh and uh or uh, managed to rescue his sister. We'll have this full email in the notes if you want to check it out. But there does seem to be some connection, and Helena's idea is at this end, I think they won't introduce Camelot yet for a while, but I presume someday that that will happen because of the several elements of it on the series. When they introduce it, maybe Roland could be the key for all that. It's like the Once Upon a Time Next Generation.
2: The chat room is correcting me. The um the guy's name that I'm thinking of is Sir K. Okay. Whoopsie.
3: K
0: (laughs) 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 Roland
2: K. They sound similar, right?
0: Yes. (laughs) When the shadow right along. When the shadow came to get Roland. And Mulan took her sword out. And
1: cut off the boy's hand. Well, Wait, no. <laughs> at
0: first, I thought it was she cut through the shadow and h- injured it or hurt it because... Remember that sword? The blade. That's the most powerful sword in all the realms. Yeah. That's what she said to Snow in the episode, The Queen of Hearts, in season two. But then... Rewatching it i realized no it was just rowan's sleeve was being stretched out oh. from his arm and that's what the cutting sound was I because see. then if you look afterward you see the sleeve is cut
2: okay I, I thought she had so i thought hard. she had cut the shadow yeah I, I thought was that thinking, originally too how does a shadow have substance like that i
1: thought the kid lost his hand i was like that went all kinds <laughs> of wrong this is not going to end well <laughs> well mulan
0: did say she planned it so that the kid wouldn't get a single scratch
1: but how
2: did how did neil grab a shadow
0: well how does the gr- shadow grab people
2: well the shadows I don't know. And also, remember,
0: <laughs> Rumplestiltskin gave his dagger to a shadow. Yeah, a shadow ripped out
1: Greg's heart. Bless that
0: shadow. And <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he
1: didn't rip out his heart. He ripped out his shadow soul thing oh. with eyes. Oh. And so
0: it makes Boy. me think that the shadow, even though it looks like just a shadow, it does Sheesh. still have some kind of physical matter mm. to it.
2: It's strange. Yeah. It's magic. When the shadow touches you, is it cold or is it hot? Or is it wet?
0: (laughs) Well, let's find out, Derry. That's certainly something to figure out. But Just get a kid to say, I believe, and you'll find out. Once a believer sent sent an email pointing out, uh, (laughs) when Neil was dropped in Neverland and Felix was there, it makes me think that there may be more than one shadow, and that shadow that delivered Neil to the island was Felix's. I think there is a sort of connection between a shadow and its owner. And Felix knew the shadow was delivering another person, mm-hmm. i.e. Neil. Because Felix did seem to know very well that the shadow or that Neil was there. It was like the shadow, I mean, I'm getting names mixed up. Felix <laughs> was right there. He was. And did he just poof there?
2: I don't know. Or
0: was he in a sense waiting there? Because Neil probably was the one that like, Go. Yeah, Neil let go of the shadow. Yeah. So it's not like the shadow dropped him in a certain spot.
3: Hmm.
0: So he, yeah, somehow knows.
2: Well, Pan could have told him where to go and then he could have magicked him over there yeah. because Pan can move an entire camp.
0: Apparently. And, and Felix knew it was Balefire well, yeah. because Felix would not have seen Neil. He saw Balefire and he Balefire did. didn't grow up in Neverland. So Felix somehow knew even that this is Balefire, not just some stranger, Neil. But that's probably thanks to Peter Pan's knowledge that he passed on then to Felix. They've had some time to talk. Yeah, yeah. We (laughs) also received a suggestion from Isabel saying Uh, The thought occurred that Peter Pan sent the shadow to the Enchanted Forest because he knowingly allowed or even wanted Balefire to return to Neverland. That would explain why Felix was waiting there precisely where the shadow presumably dropped him. And he did not at all seem surprised and greeted him by name. That creepy welcome home suggests that Pan thinks Bay belongs in Neverland. My guess is he let him go because he needed Neil to meet Emma and have Henry, and that was the only reason he escaped in the first place. I love that connection there. Mm -hmm.
2: Interesting.
0: I was thinking about why Peter Pan is such a perfect villain for once, and I've realized that he fits in so well with the mythology because he is, by definition, an enemy of parents and children, putting him in diametric opposition to basically every character on the show. So thank you, Isabel, huh? for the great feedback. Great. Cool, cool. Great theory. Shall we move on to Neverland?
2: No, I have one thing to say. Oh, yes, go <laughs> ahead. Do you suppose now that Aurora and Philip are preggers, that they'll disappear now like Cinderella and what's his face?
0: Oh yeah. Because it seems
2: like it seems <laughs> like when side somebody. characters on the show have babies, they just disappear.
0: What if that baby is supposed to be important? What do you think they'll name the baby? Well, Will it be a boy or a boy baby girl? Baby
2: wasn't important, was it?
0: It was We'd... to rumpelstiltskin Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was to its parents. Wasn't it or Do you or... <laughs>
2: not agree that when side characters have babies, yeah, it just makes them go away?
1: Yeah, well, you might see them for a second in spin spinoff. <laughs> kind of happens in real life too. When, friends, <laughs> when married friends
0: have a baby, they kind of disappear.
1: <laughs> it's true. Well, sort that, of.
0: Um, aurora's and philip's palace there is looking pretty nice now the trees are all growing back it's looking much more colorful too
2: and aurora she's looking like older Mm -hmm. a little bit
0: fewer freckles
2: her style is changing she doesn't wear a heavy robe anymore she's becoming
1: a mother yay the enchanted forest is just not as ruined as i thought it was yeah it's recovering pretty quickly Yeah, they they could be working on that. Seems like there are a lot of people it. there too, and people keep telling me it's only who Regina wanted. Well, she doesn't know everybody in Storybrooke, so that can't be. Mm-hmm. I still, I'm not clear on this whole thing.
2: I'm wondering how far that curse reached because that bubble that Cora everywhere and created nowhere mm-hmm. wasn't very big.
0: It's well, I would say it was probably a few miles in diameter.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I don't, Some I don't miles. think that it would contain that many people.
0: Well depends on where they are yeah i guess so. they're all at somebody's party then that's a lot of people (laughs) but i i think then yes this is the ushering out of those characters but i wouldn't be surprised if they show us how aurora and mulan found philip again because there's a whole thing about the wraith or maybe that's all we need to know is just they somehow figured it out
1: That would be strange. I think they probably will go back and show that.
0: Uh, It yes, it's an important plot, uh, important.
1: I mean, I don't care that much, but
0: well, that's the thing. It's an important point in their story, but it's not an important point to the rest of what's really going on with Once Upon a Time. So is it really? Yeah, because
2: they're side characters. Yeah,
0: it's it's exclusively their story yeah it doesn't intersect or we presume it doesn't intersect with any else's storyline like emma or snow white or Rumpelstiltskin or anybody they're kind of the
2: focus of the show Mm -hmm. snow white and charming yeah so
0: so that's why i think they're probably not going to show us that and it might just be enough to know yeah this happened yep unless they somehow tie it in which i don't i don't see that happening because we left present day enchanted forest again but now Robin Hood is there, so maybe we'll someday go back, mm-hmm. and we don't know. But it makes me think that maybe the next several episodes are not going to show us present day Fairy Tale Land again.
2: Do you think we'll get to see Mulan as a Merry Woman? <laughs> that just sounds weird, Merry Woman. Maybe. Do you think we'll return and see how it's going?
0: Maybe. And one odd thought I had is...
2: Maybe she'll change her
0: costume. (laughs) Remember, jumping to the end of the episode, when uh, Tinkerbell said to Regina that by Regina not going and finding Robin Hood, that she ruined Robin Hood's life. And then a scene that happened right after that in the show is showing Mulan coming to Robin Hood's camp I wonder if that means that now that Mulan is probably upset, heartbroken and stuff, I wonder if that means that in some way she's going to pollute Robin Hood
3: oh, dear. or
0: ruin him or, or something like pollute. that. Something bad could happen. Maybe an apple could happen <laughs> here that will then ruin Robin Hood's life.
2: Yeah, I do wonder what that means when Tink said that Regina ruined his life as mm. well. And I wonder if... Mulan is a part of that prophecy in some way.
3: Yeah,
0: could be. Well, some people who have made some very nice prophecies for us are <laughs> some people who left some very kind iTunes reviews for us. We really appreciate the ratings, but especially the written reviews because it encourages us and it helps other people find the podcast. And big thanks to Spurts 5 Kanubi from Mexico, and or it's probably CoinBee, from mexico and beeline girl for reviewing us in itunes thank you so much
2: thanks everybody
0: if anyone else if you have not left a review for us in itunes yet please go to (laughs) i will ask nicely (laughs) please go to oncepodcast.com slash itunes and if you've already left a review then please Mark some of these other reviews as helpful too, especially these more recent ones that are really far down the list Mm -hmm. uh, that because they're pretty fresh and recent there. So please check that out at onespodcast.com slash iTunes. And thank you so much for the reviews. We love them. Thank you.
2: We like good reviews, bad reviews, honest reviews.
0: We like reviews. We
2: like reviews. We can use them all.
0: Honest reviews. Definitely. Yeah. We're not going to say you can only leave five star. And (laughs) do please keep in mind, send us your feedback directly by emailing or calling in, and I'll give that information again later. But uh, iTunes great place to then review the podcast as a whole. Let's journey to Neverland. Neverland.
1: I want to make a portal sound. We need a whoosh. We need a portal. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not a rip sound. Well, oh.
0: rip in time, space, the uh, fabric of time. Space. Well,
1: let's let her rip. <laughs>
0: So, we learn that Pan can move the
1: camp around. Do you think he's... Lair. (laughs) Pan has a lair. Emma called it that. And I I like villains that have lairs. It doesn't look
2: like a lair every time we've seen... I still
1: want
0: to call it a lair. Whatever. (laughs) Do you think that he is actually moving it, or
1: is or are they just, just the poofing point to on another the part of the island
2: right. i'm wondering that too like i'm wondering if they're you know actually taking a lot of time to move it and the map is just showing where they where they used to live until they set up camp in a new place
0: i is think that what they're you're just saying? poofing well yeah with the magic that it seems pan has they're probably moving it and hook who has had a lot of experience with pan did not seem at all surprised by this mm-hmm. and he also even said that pan has some kind of shield against magic yeah. around the camp
2: he's an interesting boy
0: yeah <laughs> he's i mean we're seeing nasty sides of him but we're not really seeing a magical side to we're him not
2: seeing yet. Uh, we're not we're not seeing any good sides to pan yet
1: he made the map and he appears and disappears wherever emma is yeah but that's, that's sketchy that's it. we haven't seen but that's it we've heard of things he had pixie dust yeah how did he get there? he caught a flippin' oh. arrow do you oh. think yeah. that's tink's pixie dust could be he squeezed the pixie dust out of her
2: oh and <laughs> actually no it. he couldn't have it's gone now isn't it she was
1: unmagical before she went to neverland presumably yeah she but she could wings. have
2: had dust with her
0: i guess well let's talk about that because hook knew tink when she was still a fairy
2: you think so yes
0: because he called her a fairy and he knew she was powerful she had he had faith that hook or that tinkerbell would be able to help them and he was in neverland years before tinkerbell met regina Mm. So it's possible maybe Tinkerbell was born in Neverland, even, and then huh. came to Enchanted Forest, where she was still a fairy.
2: What if there was some kind of relationship there, like a romantic relationship? Well,
0: yeah, there I could was, be something like that, too. I was
2: looking at the way they looked at each other and spoke to each other.
0: Yeah, and and he even said stuff about, with all we've been through together... And the way, yeah, that they talked to Oh, and he called her other. Lady Belle. Mm-hmm.
2: I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Lady Bell.
0: <laughs> Zoe also thinks that maybe Tinkerbell was originally from Neverland and was uh, ran away or was banished by Pan and ended up in the Enchanted Forest.
2: What if Tink is responsible for Pan?
0: <laughs> Ooh. Like making him mean?
2: Bringing him to Neverland. Oh. And... Then he became who he is today.
0: Well, the original Peter Pan and Wendy's story is that Peter Pan was a lost boy out in the park. Up. He didn't want to grow up. Yeah. And fairies, this park was known for fairies and magical things happening. Mm-hmm. And fairies saw Kensington him to and park. took him. Yes, exactly. Took him to Neverland. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to grow up. Yeah. And that's where then he that's basically probably, rose to power.
2: That's probably, that seems like a tink thing to do. I could just see Blue Fairy saying... You took a child just because he didn't want to grow up? (laughs) (laughs) I can see that happening.
1: That's funny. (laughs) Maybe that was her first chance.
2: Maybe it was. What was up with the cuckoo? Because
1: she said you get a second chance. Or she said this was your second chance. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what was her first chance? Maybe what did, maybe it. taking Pan to. Anyway, back to the Neverland. cuckoo. Well, hold
0: on before <laughs> that. Uh, but then, how did she end up back in Neverland?
2: Maybe that was her home.
0: Yeah. Before. Oh, could be. Maybe. Maybe somehow, that's where like she's the shadow most or Peter Pan got her as a favor. Hmm. Yeah. She re- when people are the most discouraged, they go back to something they know,
2: so, like a, a a place with. With good memories, mm-hmm. and or success,
0: and Hook knew her from before, so she'd been there probably for a long time, mm-hmm. and maybe was even the one who helped Hook leave Neverland. Maybe, so. maybe, maybe. So, Jenny, you want to talk about this?
2: <coughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one of Peter Pan's trademark <laughs> things is that he can crow really well. This is not a good crow. Just saying, <laughs> it's it's like. A cuckoo clock.
0: That Robin Williams did a much better job. He doesn't
2: have a good crow yet, so he's not himself yet. This is just showing that, that he's not himself yet. He doesn't have a good crow yet. Cuckoo is, is not, you know, er, er, er. Yeah. It's not even close.
1: Well, maybe he'll improve.
2: I hope so, because Peter Pan is not Peter Pan without a crow.
1: <laughs> he is clever, though. He very cleverly called his game... Target practice. uh, uh yuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that. Do you know the story behind that? We'll know. They oh, yeah, even, the apple. I wanted to ask about that.
0: Yeah, they, they even slightly referred to it. He said there's a story, or we've heard a story, of a man who once shot an apple off his son's head. Let's test that.
1: I can't remember what that story
0: is. It's William Tell. Kind of like that. Yeah. And, as the legend goes, William Tell was known for his marksmanship and uh, with a bow, crossbow. And there was a city where the ruler had set his hat on this um pole in the middle of this in the town and wanted everyone to bow down bow at this pole. And William Tell passed through the city, walked past this pole and refused to bow down. So this ruler his name was uh, Gessler Um, then captured William Tell and his son and was going to put them to death. But Gessler had heard of William Tell's excellent marksmanship
1: as well as his overture and
0: (laughs) came up with this morbid idea of how to put these men to death. And that was that he said William Tell would have to shoot an apple off his son's head. And William Tell though was so good that he did it successfully saved his life but partially but the thing was he actually grabbed (laughs) as the legend goes he grabbed two arrows or bolts for a crossbow he grabbed two of them and he explained why after he shot the arrow off his son's head he explained that if he did hit his son and accidentally kill the son the other arrow was for gessler and so gessler captured him again and, and uh tortured him or killed him okay
1: that's quite a story
0: he had him bound that's
1: where it was well that's a little different than torturing and killing and so it reminds me a little bit of what
0: happened here except with two without two arrows it was one arrow Mm -hmm. and instead of shooting the apple off henry
2: shot gessler like
1: Tesla <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Or pan Shot <laughs> <it. Not> Tesla. <laughs> so that happened <laughs> on the first time? Oh yeah, and then really. um Pan caught the arrow. I will point out again, I'd like to see you try that yeah without magic.
2: Pan is magic.
1: Exactly. Do you think We have seen it. Well, I think It doesn't that- have to be all sparkly and stuff. It's too it's, expensive. It's the creepy magic. But, well, so far, I would call this—I <laughs> call this all
0: passive magic that we've seen from Pan. It's not very active or aggressive. It's all been pretty passive.
1: I. W- but do you
2: think this was a test? Some oh, kind yeah. of test for Henry? But yeah. see, I just think what, it's what less did it expensive. prove?
1: <laughs> I. Well, go ahead, Jeremy? I don't know if that proved as much. He was so sure that Henry would not miss.
2: Yeah, and Felix wasn't even scared of dying.
0: He said, you won't hit him. He didn't say, you won't miss. He said, don't worry, you won't hit him. Uh, Talking about Felix. Yeah,
2: was was Pan planning on catching the arrow no matter where it went?
0: I think he was sure of it. And I think, Jenny, you're right. This was a test. and
2: To see what Henry would shoot for. Either
0: that or kind of starting to do or continuing to do the brainwashing Mm -hmm. on Henry.
2: I loved how Henry said, don't they get hurt? Because, (laughs) I mean, that just sounds like a mom thing to say. (laughs) Like, kids get hurt when they're, you know, when they aren't constantly around adult supervision. (laughs) So it was funny to hear Henry (laughs) say that.
0: And in our chat room, August W. Booth is pointing out also, Peter Pan can see the future, and he knew that Henry would shoot him. I don't know if he can necessarily see the future. I
2: don't know about but that.
0: I'm sure he knew that Henry would shoot him. I'm
2: pretty sure it's the that he was confident he could catch the arrow.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and part of this whole twisting thing, I think making Henry start to enjoy the thrill of revenge of anger because he once pan caught the arrow he did just say as if it was all part of the show he did say wasn't that exhilarating
2: yeah he is brainwashing him to to think like him
1: you got to shoot an arrow at me wasn't that awesome (laughs) so many want to do that (laughs) and you got the chance yeah
0: and the brainwashing continues later on when pan brings the picture to henry and explains to henry all this stuff about uh he's the savior or he's going to save magic but- Pan's
2: belittling emma to henry like he was belittling her like yeah she broke some curse like he, he's just downplaying that whole accomplishment mm-hmm. i think he's gonna end up turning him against emma and snow and all that I think that's his goal, to turn him against the people who are coming to rescue him.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And for what reason? I don't know. It could be you could look at he it as kind of like fattening, fattening up a chicken before the slaughter.
2: No, I think it's I think it's that he, he needs him to stay. Yeah. And he needs him to want to stay.
0: And the the picture, it was nice that Henry finally got to see it. Do you think Henry is starting to believe what Pan is
1: saying?
2: Uh, not yet. He's very clear on I don't believe you. I don't believe you.
1: At first he just threw the picture awkwardly behind the log. Mm-hmm. It was really a funny spot to throw it, actually. He was kind of like, I'm going to throw this away, but you know, right here in case I want to look at it later.
2: I think he was just trying to hide it.
1: Maybe.
0: And it's it's kind of strange that Pan would give orders to Greg and Tamara to destroy magic. And yes, Felix did just say, well, that's what we told you. But yeah, they, that's what they were doing. They were working on destroying magic. When yet Pan is saying that magic is dying... But Henry can save it, probably because of his belief.
2: well, he, he knew that he needed Henry to save magic, and it was dying, so they couldn 't ruin much because it was already dying. I think that 's why he used them and had them believe that
1: mm. so far, I think it 's called backtracking
0: mm. <laughs> Maddie sent an email asking or saying i 'm thinking that the overlaying plot to the whole series is Henry bringing magic to." all worlds which would cause many problems especially to our world
2: i don't think he'll bring magic to our world i don't think he will because that would just be too much because look we don't have magic here
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it could be something like magic then becomes more available to people because how is it now it's people who are in some way already magical like rumpelstiltskin or the fairies. And those who train very hard in magic and have some sort of gift for it, like Emma, Regina, Cora. And, and you look at what Henry is being the offspring of both light and dark magic. Mm-hmm. And the whole dark magic thing, we've talked about this before, of, well, he's not really the grandson of still Rumpelstil- of the dark one. He's the grandson of Mm-hmm. But we also talked about is the magic something that can kind of be passed on by being around it? Because the Blue Fairy, the first time the Blue Fairy met Balefire in the Witch, she said, you're not untouched by magic mm-hmm. yourself. So it was affecting him in some way. And Jane Espenson even tweeted at some point saying that it's, it's kind of like radiation a little bit. Mm. That it can affect the people that are around it enough. And I could especially say that seeing that I could especially see that being the case with Balefire because of blood magic Mm. or it's the same blood kind of thing.
2: It's either radiation or a big, terrible beast who tastes people. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one sounds more menacing. (laughs) I want to know how charming knows about pixie dust. Because he was the first one to volunteer information about it, are we going to find some part of his past that tells us why he knows about pixie dust? Why would he know about pixie dust?
0: It could. Be... Oh wait,
2: he did. He, he did. Um, the blue fairy was an ally of his, mm-hmm. so I guess that that explains it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. That you, I beat you to it somewhere along the way, and he's not necessarily a, a illiterate guy in enchanted forest even though he was a shepherd he he knew things he knew how to fight with a sword and knows cool things knows how to run a kingdom
2: i guess i just can't get past the the david nolan part of him
0: (laughs) well yeah (laughs) there's that yeah and then again there is the david nolan aspect though that has read fairy tales and knows how powerful pixie dust is Hmm. oh yeah since he is both So yeah, it's, it's possible it could go, well, it it could be that he's had some experience with it, but I think it's more that just, he knows because he's heard about it, read about it, something Mm -hmm. like that.
2: Do you think that Regina's handkerchief and the fact that Tink took it, do you think that's going to be relevant later? No. Do you think she took anything from that handkerchief?
0: Probably not.
2: (laughs) Because that was basically a sweat rag.
0: <laughs> it's not magic. I mean,
2: it had her <laughs> DNA, DNA on evidence. it.
0: evidence.
2: Why would she take that if she didn't plan on doing anything Mucus with it? magic. Why did she take it? I'm wanting to think that there's something relevant about nah. the fact that she took that handkerchief.
1: It was just so that everybody could figure out they needed to go back for Regina.
2: Why would she take that,
1: though? For some reason, she's following them. She grabs Regina's handkerchief. She takes it back to her lair. Leaves and, it there, uh, goes back to following them, and then somehow Snow recognizes the handkerchief. Yeah, it was oh, a it plot device. Like I think it's,
0: <laughs> or maybe it said "Evil Queen."
1: Oh. <laughs> Correction, <laughs> it smells on like sweaty corner.
0: Regina.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm wanting to think that that was not the sole purpose of the handkerchief. I'm I think wanting- it was. I'm wanting to think that that we're going to find out that Tink took something from the handkerchief.
0: There was only snot and possible. sweat on it.
2: I think, you know, since hairs
1: hairs oh. can produce
2: magic, <laughs> maybe sweat can produce magic, too. Just saying.
1: That's funny. She doesn't
2: have magic right now, but I'm just well, thinking maybe the handkerchief is relevant for later.
1: I think it was a wimpy plot device, but I will be impressed if it's not.
0: Regina was really quick to call Hook Emma's boyfriend, which I'm glad they put this line in there because I think it was kind of a reminder to us, the fans as well, that hey, Emma just lost Neil mm-hmm. yeah, she's not gonna fall for hook that mm-hmm. quickly because even though it's been for us the viewers, it's been several months since we saw Emma and Neil together mm-hmm. when they said their love together. This is a couple of days later, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad maybe I touched even just on that the too. day after
2: it's reassuring to know that Emma's not falling for. Hook that fast.
1: Yeah. And Regina's, I'm sorry, seemed genuine. Yeah. So I like that.
0: Yeah. Regina really seems to be changing into a mother in this episode.
2: Well, she's faced with her past, her horrible past. And what she said to Tinkerbell later shows that she's really dealing with it. She basically tells her, don't make the same mistake I did by mm-hmm. choosing anger instead of love and hope.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So that shows that she's, she's changing.
0: And listen to what she says between she and Emma as they're talking about Operation Henry. My saying out of her sight
2: is
1: probably best for Operation Henry. Operation Henry? That's what I've been calling it in my head because...
3: He'd call it that.
2: He'd have a better name. But it's the best I could do.
0: Okay. Herman, here's the kicker. We'll
2: get her and come get you. No, don't bother. It's better if we never
3: see one another. And if you don't find her, keep going. Just get Henry. Don't worry about
0: Tinkerbell. Those are the words of a mother she's acting very motherly in this. And when she was later in this episode with Tinkerbell in the cave, she said that Henry was the one thing she got right. Mm -hmm. And I would say that for the most part, yeah, she got it right with Henry. I mean, besides the fact that she's been an evil queen much of this time, but she did do a good job of raising Henry. She gave a lot to Henry, being a mother to him. And here she's talking like a mother, being more concerned about saving henry Mm. than her even necessarily being a part of it she just wants henry to be safe that's motherly love
2: do you think she's implying that that she was she was gonna stop searching with them
1: no it was do you think
2: she was gonna do you think she was planning to go off on her own at this point
1: i think she thought tinkerbell might kill
0: her yeah or just Tinkerbell wouldn't help them if Regina was there.
2: Yeah, I just I'm I'm, I was wondering at this part what it was that that Regina planned to do if they found Tinkerbell
0: Hmm.
2: or if they didn't find Tinkerbell.
0: Well, when Tinkerbell found Regina, Regina pulled out her own heart, which we'd only heard of being done once before. We did finally get to see a (laughs) A blackened heart. Heart,
2: yeah, small. Hard and dark.
1: Yeah. And... (laughs) If anyone else did that, they would be definitely labeled a drama queen. (laughs) She was arguing that she yanked out her own heart. (laughs) She literally yanked
0: out her heart. And just to remind you guys, we've seen Cora's heart, but she pulled it out before she turned so dark.
2: Uh It was bright red and And, big.
0: And in fact, her pulling (laughs) it out was part of how she was able to turn so dark. Yeah. We've seen Snow's heart... With a spot of blackness mm-hmm. in it, we haven't seen Rumpelstiltskin's heart.
2: Yeah, but his is like a rock. Yeah, if, like a little pebble and dark.
0: If it's even there anymore. yeah. And then now we've finally seen Regina's heart. I yeah. was glad they showed us that.
2: You know, I made note of something. It's not completely dark. Mm-hmm. It It looked like it had a glimmer of, you know, bright redness in the middle. Just yeah, like snows. flicker of light. Just like snows <laughs> had like a little flicker of black in it. Maybe her heart's turning back to red.
1: I,
0: I think so. I think she is turning around, especially in this episode, hearing the way she's talking, how much she recognizes the bad things she's done. Like, even when she said to Emma earlier, when Emma asked her, what did you do to Tinkerbell? And Regina was... <laughs>
1: yeah, like, kill her brother. What I, <laughs> steal her halo. What I always do. I like, petrify her dog. <laughs> steal her tears
0: they offered tink a home Mm -hmm. if they'll help her if they'll if she will help them get into peter pan's camp i think she'll be successful with that but you know what what i think because they offered her a home because she's getting a chance to make things right i think at some point they may all say something like we believe in you and she gets turned and back into a fairy and then she'll die
2: Oh no. Maybe Henry uh, what? Needs, maybe Henry what? needs to tell her that he believes in her.
0: She has hope
1: again. If they all stand around her and tell her they believe in her <laughs> until she sprouts wings, I'm going to need a bucket to throw up in.
0: <laughs> I do believe in fairies. I do. I do.
2: I think he would I think she would need Henry. Cuz he's the truest believer.
1: Yeah. Man, everybody just wants a piece of Henry. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> Then again, can Pan do something that Henry can't reverse? Because she said a death sentence from Pan. Mm. So it could be something scary.
2: Yeah. Do fairies have shadows? I almost said the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one does because she's just a normal person right Mm.
3: now.
0: Going back to Henry and Pan, Pan said that Henry reminded him of his father. I wonder if Pan did some brainwashing of Neil a little bit.
2: Tried, probably. Didn't work. I don't think it did. Well. Because Neil is still saying Pan is the worst person I've ever met. And the fact that Henry's saying, I don't believe you, reminds Pan of Balefire. I think Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good indication that he had no effect on on Belfire.
1: Well, it's interesting because Bay was, well, I guess we don't know how long he was there. Yeah, we don't. Right. But, I mean, already Tinkerbell's saying it's probably too late. He's been with him too long. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> pan exposure.
1: Yes. Pan exposure. Like radiation.
2: Yeah. I don't know what that means. That's disturbing.
1: Oh, uh, by the way, speaking of their conversation and the lost boys getting hurt the way pan said at one point he had four boys he said missing fingers right Mm -hmm. Uh do they grow back
2: maybe pan can make them grow back
1: i don't know he said it like it was no big deal and but either since people don't really leave either the boys are dead or their fingers have returned (laughs) because it was past tense Yeah. yeah yeah that's true so there's or a pan that. maybe
2: doesn't know good grammar.
1: <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So there is still so much more to see mm-hmm. and which direction this goes now that Neil is on Neverland too. And Rumpel is still out there somewhere on Neverland moving around Mm -hmm. we're probably going to see him in the next episode i would guess
2: oh the next episode
0: yes because they didn't show him at all at least on neverland they didn't show him at all in this episode Mm -hmm. and so the next episode will probably feature him more and show us more of what he's going to do and stick around after the music when we end the podcast if you want to hear some spoilers and then you can know whether i'm correct or no that i'm completely <laughs> wrong because i try and stay away from spoilers so i'm mm-hmm. uh, i get an untarnished uh, perspective of this but that's where a, hunter's feedback comes in really well
2: there was a pretty clear message in this episode i kept hearing and it's everybody gets a second chance mm-hmm. second chance second chance
0: well i've it was also, everywhere I, yeah i was also hearing stuff like this was your second chance or this is your second chance
2: yeah Second chance. This, is, this was the episode of second chances.
0: Well, then <laughs> how many chances has Regina had?
2: I do not know.
0: 80
1: million. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, but, she's had a last chance before, because hmm. she was about to be executed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they didn't put a number on it.
1: Because <laughs> they
2: didn't really see fit.
1: You mean when she made the speech about wanting, wishing she could have caused more yes. pain? Yes. It that makes one. me laugh every time I think about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think she's had more than two chances. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Listeners, we would love your feedback on the next episode of Once Upon a Time When It Airs. We're now finished talking about quite a common fairy, but you can continue this conversation in the show notes by commenting on this episode to respond to anything that we shared here by going to onespodcast.com slash 113 or you can join our forums and share your own ideas over there and see what everyone else thinks of them by going to onespodcast.com slash forums. Now when the next episode airs and you'll get to hear more about it after the music ends for this podcast if you want to stick around for the spoilers but when the next episode airs please send us your theories about it and special little easter eggs and things that you noticed put the episode title in the subject line of your email and send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or you can also call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to oncepodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right from the website to us and then we'll do our best to try and incorporate that into the podcast discussion as well when we have our full discussion which is on Wednesdays live at 8 p.m eastern time at onespodcast.com slash live and Sunday nights we have at 6 p.m eastern time is our Wonderland podcast at 8 is when Once Upon a Time airs in eastern time or 7 central and then we have a live chat room during the show and then at nine fifteen p.m 15 minutes after once upon a time ends we do our live initial reactions and that's all at oncepodcast.com slash live if you want to be part of that so we'd love to have your feedback your thoughts your theories we'd love to have you subscribed to the podcast and sending us what you think about the episodes and i mentioned the podcast awards the nominations are now closed thank you very much for supporting us if you did We don't know yet what (laughs) podcast made it into the finalists. We'll know that on October 27th, and then the voting will start on November 1st. So we'll let you know around then which of our podcasts made it into the awards so you can then know which of our podcasts we would love for you to vote for. But thank you so much for supporting us. You can always go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards to see the latest information and sign up for the email list to be reminded to vote for us every day once the daily voting opens and that's right you do need to vote every single day for your favorite podcasts that are in the awards and we'll see which ones make it in you can follow each of us on twitter and we'd love to connect with you you can follow and connect with the show on twitter at once podcast and i'm daniel j lewis you can follow me on twitter at
1: the ramen noodle i'm jeremy laughlin you can follow me on twitter at fleegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n
2: and i'm jenny you can follow me at twitter.com slash jenny
1: and get
0: the show notes at oncepodcastcom slash 113 and until next time remember pick hope over anger and thanks for listening Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our donator for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to donate and help make Once Podcast possible, we really appreciate the support. Please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.
4: Hi, Oncers. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Once Podcast. Season 3, Episode 4, Nasty Habits, is directed by David Boyd and written by David H. Goodman and Robert Hull. Mr. Gold makes a decision to confront Pan but will he go there to save Henry or give to the prophecy that the boy will be his undoing? Neil finds himself back in Neverland and in the custody of one of Pan's most loyal lost boys and David struggles for his life as the poison continues to take its toll on him. Meanwhile in the fairy tale land that was Rumpelstiltson goes in search of a missing bay, who is followed by a mysterious figure who steals away children with his music. Guest starring in this episode is Dylan Schmid as Teenage Belfire. Well, we know that the Pied Piper is coming this season. Could this be Peter Pan? The preview shows him playing an instrument. Makes you wonder. Mary Margaret will find out about David's Wound. New York City held their Comic-Con this past weekend, and Adam Horowitz, Eddie Kitsis, and Jennifer Morrison were there representing once in the Saturday afternoon panel. Here's what we found out. Everyone tried to smuggle wardrobe changes onto the Jolly Roger. If you watch, every actor gets on the ship with a bag. Episode 7, Kitsis confirmed that we will be going back and showing the moment the ship went through the portal, and then Belle enacting the curse that protected the town. Horowitz added, We will fill in all the blanks with what's been going on with our characters back there during the five days that will thus have been spent in Neverland. Kitza states that Peter Pan may be one of our nastiest and most complicated villains. Oh, and Rapunzel and Cruella de Vil are on their short list of characters to visit eventually. TVLine.com asks Colin O'Donohue for any scoop on Hook. Hook's backstory is fast approaching, and in that episode, Colin O'Donohue says you'll see different colors to Hook and to Killian Jones before he becomes Hook. You'll begin to understand a bit more why he is so self-absorbed apart from the whole thing with Mila and why he's a pirate. It's about how he becomes a pirate, which is brilliant. The guys have done a great job with that. Well, that's all I have for you today. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time, oncers. <music>